Blue Wire. Welcome to the My Sports Update Football Podcast. I am your host, Ari Marov, back with another episode. And it's weird that we're already in week 15, but it's even weirder that we're going to be talking about a superstar player who might want out of his current situation. And it feels like that is the direction that Odell Beckham Jr. and the Browns are headed towards. We'll talk about that. And we'll also talk about the New England Patriots who are struggling on the field right now. But there is some news about the Patriots and some other stuff going on with them. We'll touch base on all that. And I'm finally starting to think that this might be the final season of Tom Brady in a Patriots uniform. All that and more coming up. Here we go with the My Sports Update football podcast. So I want to start off with Browns wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. because there's a lot going on with him. So last week, Odell was talking to to reporters, his weekly press conference, and he was asked about his future in Cleveland, and he gave a, a vague response. He didn't really give a clear answer. Then there was a report on Sunday, early Sunday morning, that he will need sports hernia surgery in the offseason. And then the big report happened later that day on Sunday from Jay Glazer of Fox, who reported that Beckham has told other players and coaches around the league that he wants to get out of Cleveland. Now, Glazer added to that report that Odell, when he was traded to Cleveland, Um, that wasn't his choice. He didn't really want to go to Cleveland. So he was traded there by the Giants. And this is the thing that has to be understood about this report. There are hundreds of NFL reporters out there. There aren't many that whatever they say, you could take it to the bank. Glazer falls into that category. Schefter falls into that category. Glazer is well-connected with so many people around the league, and he's well-connected with Odell Beckham Jr. I believe that they work, they train with each other. Um, They're very close. So there's that part of the story that has to be understood first, first things first. So what does Odell want? First of all, I don't think Odell wants this to be a whole media circus once again. When he was with the Giants and he was in trade rumors over there, the amount of attention that it got um, back in 2017 when they were talking to the Rams and in 2018 when the rumors about Cleveland trading for him or San Francisco trading for him, there was so much media attention to it. I don't think Odell wants that to happen again. So when he speaks to the media, he's been saying the right things. He hasn't, you know, he hasn't said anything controversial. Obviously, we saw last week when he gave the vague response about his future in Cleveland, but he didn't say anything negative about Cleveland. Privately, though, he does... He most likely wants to get out of Cleveland. I think he prefers a better landing spot. A team like the 49ers, a team like the Rams, a team like the Patriots with Tom Brady. That is a landing spot that Odell would prefer to have. And two years ago when the Giants were shopping him, when they... When it was first reported that the Giants were shopping him, the team that was linked to him were the LA Rams. Before they ended up trading for Brandon Cooks, the Rams inquired on Odell Beckham Jr. And at the time, 
there was a report that probably leaked from Odell's camp that said that he would love to play in Los Angeles with Sean McVay as the head coach. This past offseason when word leaked that the it was a rumor at the time that the Giants might look to trade Odell. The two teams that were brought up were Cleveland and San Francisco. And then word leaked at the time that, and most likely from Odell's camp, that Odell would love to play in the West Coast with Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo. There was no... Um, there, was, there was nothing that came out that said Odell would love to play with Cleveland before the trade happened. So when you put all that together, and also don't forget, before before I move on, don't forget that before the season started, there was an article which Odell um, did, a featured article, which he said that the Giants sent him to Cleveland to die. If you remember, during all that trade talks with the Giants and the Browns, when the Giants and Browns struck a deal for Odell, the first round pick, third round pick, and Jabril Peppers, Dave Gettleman, the GM of the Giants, did not call back the 49ers and John Lynch to see if they would have a better offer. He never called them back. He just struck a deal with Cleveland and he left the 49ers hanging. So with all that being said, uh, I don't think Odell really wants to be there, but he doesn't want to talk about it publicly. He'll answer your questions by just saying he doesn't want to talk about it or no one knows what the future holds. So he's leaving it up in the air, but he's not going to say anything negative about Cleveland, but privately he does want to get out of there. Now, will the Browns consider trading Odell? That is a completely different question because the future is still bright in Cleveland. If you look at, you know, Baker isn't having a great year, but he's still a quarterback that they trust. Nick Chubb is one of the, is a top five running back in the NFL. Jarvis Landry, obviously we all know about the friendship that he has with Odell, but he is one of the better slot wide receivers in the NFL. David Njoku, he's been injured, but when he's healthy, he has the potential to be a top five, top seven tight end in the NFL. The offensive line needs some work. The defense, Miles Garrett is suspended, but he will be back at some point next year. So there are some pieces on that team. If they fire Freddie Kitchens after the year is over, and there's a lot of talk that that might happen, he might be one and done in Cleveland. If that happens and they hire a new coach, when the new coach comes in, he's going to want Odell to be in his offense. So let's not jump the gun and assume that the Browns are going to trade Odell. And lastly, when Glazer reported all this on Sunday, he finished his report by saying, I don't see this relationship ending well. Again, as I said before, Jay Glazer is one of those trusted reporters in the NFL. When he says something, you keep it in the back of your mind, and there's a good chance that it might end up happening. So there's a lot of moving parts here. There's three more weeks here left in the NFL season. The Browns are mathematically still in it for the playoffs. They will not make it, um, most likely. But... Once the offseason comes, there's a lot of decisions that Cleveland will have to make. It starts with the head coach. Are they bringing back Freddie Kitchens or not? And then from there, what are they going to do with Odell Beckham Jr.? Um, they also have some key players who are going to be free agents, most notably Joe Schobert. So they have some things to take care of. 
But this whole thing with Odell is just getting started because now word is starting to come out that he does actually want to get out of Cleveland. And again, Odell is one of those players who any little thing that he does is going to be put under a microscope. Everyone wants to know what Odell is doing. Um, does Odell want this? Does Odell not want this? Does he want to be there? Does he not want to be there? Every little thing that involves Odell um, gets attention, no matter what. If he makes a one-handed grab, it gets, you know, 3 million views after, you know, two hours. If some random guy on the Redskins makes a one-handed catch, yeah, it's a nice catch, but nobody really, it doesn't explode the way an Odell video would. So with all that being said, it's all getting started. There's a lot to come out of Cleveland once again this offseason, and we'll see how it goes. But um, it, it's going to be a fascinating situation. The next story I want to cover is a story that actually blew up earlier this week, and that is the Patriots videotaping the Bengals sideline on Sunday. Basically, the Patriots sent a video crew to the Browns-Bengals game last week, and they had credentials and everything that they had to have in order to be there. And a Patriots employee was, was videotaping the Bengals sideline for eight minutes straight from the press box. Now, because the Patriots have had Spygate in the past, and because the Patriots play the Bengals this week, this story quickly made the rounds, and all the Patriots haters on Twitter and other social media, um, they started going you know, nuts and calling the Patriots cheaters once again. So let's get all the facts out. The Patriots have this video series. It's called Do Your Job. It's a great series. I've actually watched um, an episode in the past. They had one showing how much work and effort um, their, their team chef does in order to feed all the players and make sure um, what the players eat, what nutrients goes into their bodies, what's, um, what not to eat, what to eat. It's a very great, you know, it's like a 15-minute episode uh, with a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. Basically, they were there on Sunday at the game, and the plan in Cleveland for that day was to do a feature on the advanced scout of the Patriots and the work that he does and how he does his job. The Patriots released a statement on Monday night, and they admitted that what happened on Monday night, there was some confusion. They admitted that what they did was wrong, but they made it clear that there is no connection with the video crew of the Patriots and the football operations of the team. In other words, Bill Belichick did not send a video guy to go to Cleveland to video the Bengals sideline and find out what the 1-12 in Bengals are doing. That is not what happened. Now, the league is investigating this situation. Um, they're expected to have a result as early as this week. It's not expected to be anything severe. Um, what the Patriots are saying makes sense, but the league is going to do a full investigation to make sure everything checks out. They do have the video that the Patriots filmed um, from the press box, so they know exactly what was filmed. Um, if something is fishy there, they're going to do something about it. But from what it looks like, it's not, it's not um, 
another Spygate situation like the Patriots had once upon a time. That is not what is happening here. The league is going to confirm that later on this week. Um, and the Patriots are not the only team that do all these video features. Um, the Bills do a great job on their YouTube page with a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. The Indianapolis Colts, during the draft process, they did a great series showing all the behind-the-scenes stuff that goes on from the, the Senior Bowl to the Combine to the draft prep to all the meetings to meeting with the players to working out the players. They showed you all the behind-the-scenes stuff all the way until draft night showing GM Chris Ballard on the phone um, making the call, making the trade with Washington to trade out of the first round, um, calling the players. They show a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. So there's a lot of teams that do these type of features showing us stuff that happens with the football team. The football operation has nothing to do with it. They just coordinate with what the video team tells them. So um, the fact that it, it's the Patriots and there was a Spygate incident once is the reason why the story became so big. But um, it is not expected to be anything. They're not going to lose any draft picks. They're, they're probably... They might get fined for it, but um, nothing, nothing severe. So there's that. And speaking of the Patriots, there's something else that has to be talked about, and that is their quarterback, Tom Brady. We always hear about how Tom is 42, and how is he still playing so well, and he's going to play his entire career in New England, and he's going to win. Um, he, he's, he's still winning, and he's still elite, and how does he do it? We always hear about that with Tom Brady. But there's something that's going on with Tom that earlier this year, I really didn't think of it as such a big deal. But I'm starting to think about it as, you know what, maybe this could happen. So Tom signed an extension, and they called it an extension with the Patriots in the offseason. In reality, it's not an extension. He will be a free agent after this year is over. And in that contract which he signed, there is a clause which the Patriots are not allowed to franchise tag him. Um, in the offseason. So in other words, he is going to be a free agent when free agency opens in March. And the other thing that happened earlier this year is that Tom Brady put his house for sale. His his Boston home is up for sale um, on the market right now. And the other thing that happened, um, and it happened on Tuesday night, and this is really the turning point for me, um, because there's just so many little things that are going on that it makes me think that maybe this could happen. So Tom Brady is stepping down as the honorary co-chair of the Best Buddies Challenge. Now, I've never heard of this organization, I'll be honest. Um, but Tom Brady has been the honorary co-chair for 16 years. He is all of a sudden stepping down from it. And the new co-chairs are his teammates, his teammate Julian Edelman, and Boston Celtics small forward Jason Tatum. They are taking over for Tom. And when you put all that together, and you're going to add one more thing, we're going to add one more thing to this. I said earlier how whenever Jay Glazer reports something or Adam Schefter reports something, you always have to keep it in the back of your mind. Earlier this year, Adam Schefter was talking about Tom Brady and how this could be his last year in New England. He mentioned all the things I just mentioned about him being a free agent after the year and the Pages can't franchise tag him and is selling his home. And he wasn't officially reporting anything. But Adam doesn't say stuff for the sake of saying it. He's not going to say it um, for the sake of 
you know, putting it out there and getting likes and retweets. You know what I mean? He's not doing that. When he says something, you keep it in the back of your mind. He's a Michigan man. Tom Brady is a Michigan man. And when you put all those pieces together, I'm really starting to wonder if this could be the final year for Tom Brady in New England. 42 years old, will be 43 at the start of next season. Will he continue playing? Will he retire and call it a career? He could do that. Or, you know, knowing the competitor that Tom Brady is, does he want to go to a different team and prove that he could win without Bill Belichick? Obviously, they do have a close relationship, but there's always been this narrative that either Bill can't win with Tom or Tom can't win with Bill, whatever it is. Would Tom consider leaving the Patriots, going to a team like the Chargers, let's just say, who have a young core of receivers. They have Keaton Allen and Mike Williams and Hunter Henry, um, who's actually going to be a free agent. But they have pieces there, and and they're moving to a new stadium, and Phillip Rivers is set to be a free agent himself this offseason. So would, would he go back to um, California? Would he go to a team like the Titans who have Ryan Tannehill who's actually doing pretty well but he's going to be a free agent and he has his buddy there and Mike Vrabel so you just think about it could this actually happen when you start connecting all these pieces and you look at the Patriots and Tom Brady is not happy let's just say it how it is the way the Patriots have played over the last few weeks versus Dallas versus Philly versus Houston versus Kansas City they have not played well the offense is struggling um, he has no uh, pieces there that he actually trusts except for Julian Edelman and James White I don't think Tom trusts any of those guys over there um, Gronk is not there anymore I don't think Gronk returns I know there's been this talk that Gronk might return he can't do it anymore this year I don't think he does it next year I think Gronk is enjoying retirement um, he's doing I mean he's doing a lot of different things and he's having fun you could tell Gronk is enjoying I don't think he wants to come back to football so I don't think that's gonna happen I think it's a serious question that is one to watch is Tom Brady going to be is this the final year of Tom Brady in New England and again earlier this year I did not take this seriously at all I said there is no way Tom Brady would leave New England after all those years in New England he's going to leave just for one year or for a different team or two years or for a different team why would he do that but I'm starting to think that this could gain traction and could actually happen. Again, there's three weeks left in the season. There's the postseason. The Patriots are probably going to have a first-round bye once again this year. Um, they have the Bengals this week. They should win that game. They have a big game with the Bills coming up later on. Um, if they win that game, they clinch the AFC East. They should have the first-round bye, and they'll have a chance to make the Super Bowl again. Granted, they're not playing so well. The offense not playing well, but when you have that defense and you have Bill Belichick and you have Tom Brady, anything is possible with the Patriots. But I do think this is something that is worth monitoring, and I'm actually going to start taking it far more seriously than I did earlier this year. So um, we'll see how this one goes um, as the season um, comes nears its end. And um, once the Patriots season is over, it's going to be one to watch because Tom is going to be a free agent um, after the season ends. Week 15 is coming up here this week, but before we go there, we have to go back to week 14 for a second because there were so many injuries this past week, and not just for teams that have playoff aspirations, but teams that have Super Bowl aspirations, losing some key players. We'll start off with the Saints who lost two 
key players on their defensive line. Marcus Davenport, Sheldon Rankins, they're both done for the year. Davenport for foot injury, Rankins with an ankle injury, and all of a sudden, a Saints defensive line that was one of their strengths, it is now one of their weaknesses as they lost both of them for the year. The 49ers had a slew of injuries. Weston Richburg, their starting center, this is a big loss. You know, regular football fans, you know, guys who just watch the games and move on with their day, you know, they don't really understand how important a center is for an offensive line. We've seen the Patriots this year. Not having David Andrews for the entire year for New England has been an issue. A center is one of the most important positions on the offensive line. We all know about the left tackle, but a center really sets up everything else for the line, gets everyone in order. So he's done for the year with a knee injury. They also lost Richard Sherman and D4. They're going to miss a couple of weeks with hamstring injuries. Their cornerback, Quan Williams, he's in concussion protocol. So a lot of injuries there for the number one seed, San Francisco 49ers. The Seahawks, they lost running back Rashad Penny for the year. He tore his ACL on Sunday night versus the LA Rams. The Eagles lost wide receiver Alshon Jeffrey for the year with a foot injury. The Eagles are still in it. They have a chance to take over the NFC East this week. If they win and the Cowboys lose, they go on top of the NFC East. They also lost right tackle um, right tackle Lane Johnson who has a high ankle sprain. He's going to miss the next few weeks. Also, we have Lamar Jackson, the Ravens quarterback. He has a quad injury. It is not considered serious. He is expected to play on Thursday night versus the Jets. But the Ravens have been saying, uh, Earl Thomas, their safety, has said that teams are targeting Lamar Jackson low. Not because he's running, but actually targeting him when he's throwing and after the pass. I haven't seen anything of that um, actually happening, uh, but it is something that the Ravens are concerned about. But he is expected to play on Thursday night. Adam Vinatieri, one of the, if not the greatest kicker in NFL history, was placed on injured reserve with a knee injury. That might be it for his legendary career. And some other players who are out um, and not in playoff contention. But Mike Evans, the star wide receiver for the Buccaneers, his season is over on a hamstring injury. He suffered the injury on a long touchdown play. Um, he grabbed his hamstring and went down. His season is likely over. Marvin Jones, Lions wide receiver, his season is over with an ankle injury. Darius Geis, the guy just can't catch a break. Another knee injury. His season is over. He was placed on injured reserve. Roquan Smith and the Bears, they played on Thursday night last week. He suffered a pec injury and his season is over. Um, the, Bengal the Bears are still alive for a playoff spot, but they need some help there in the NFC. And then for the Falcons, Calvin Ridley and Desmond Trufant, their wide receiver and cornerback, both of them are done for the year as well. So a lot of injuries happening in week 14 of the football season. Some big ones for some teams that have aspirations to make the Super Bowl. The Saints and the 49ers losing all those players that were mentioned before. That is big. And the NFC is just wide open right now. I mean, the Saints were the one seed last week. They slide down to the three seed. The 49ers moved from five to one. The Seahawks moved from one to five. The amount of of movement um, in the playoff picture each and every week. I tweeted out after all the games each week the amount of movement that happens after each game. Um, it is quite amazing. Um, the NFC East, obviously, what's going on over there is pretty pathetic. 
But um, the Eagles have the upper hand over there because they have the Redskins this week. The Cowboys have the super hot Rams. And then that week 16 matchup of the Cowboys and the Eagles. We'll see if, if the NBC decides to flex that game. I don't think they will. There's a better chance of Titan Saints being flexed in a week 16. Or maybe they'll just keep Bears versus Chiefs. Um, but there's a chance that that game could get flexed. So we'll see what happens there. So it's going to be a very exciting end to the season. But a lot of injuries happening here in the NFL, which is hurting some teams as the season goes on. The last thing I want to talk about here in this episode is something that I touched base on last week, and that is the MVP race. Last episode, I said that Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson has a slight edge over Lamar Jackson in the MVP race. A lot of Ravens fans were not happy that I said that. I got a lot of private messages, a lot of um, emails, a lot of replies to the tweet. And I said also last week that if Lamar Jackson continues to play like Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson has one stinker game, then Lamar Jackson will overtake the MVP race, the MVP race and will have a lead over Russell Wilson. And that is exactly what happened last week. As Lamar Jackson had a, had a good game versus Buffalo. Not a great game, but he got the job done. He got a win over that tough Bills defense in Buffalo. While Russell Wilson struggled versus the Rams in L.A. on Sunday Night Football. He couldn't get anything going. And after that happened, I think Lamar Jackson now has the edge over Russell Wilson in the MVP race. I also got a lot of hate last week for not mentioning Deshaun Watson in the MVP race. But after last week's performance versus Denver, I think it's safe to say that Deshaun Watson is a distant third in the race. Patrick Mahomes, um, after that win over New England, he didn't do anything like last year, but he got the job done and got the win. I think he's probably fourth in the MVP race. But as of right now, Lamar Jackson, his statistical achievement so far this year, just that alone um, is a good reason to give him the MVP. But the Ravens on a 10-game winning streak um, or a 9-game winning streak, I mean, they've, they've just been incredible. Um, and Lamar Jackson is the one leading the way. He has it at number one right now. Russell Wilson is right behind him at number two. That could still flip-flop. Um, if Lamar Jackson was to struggle this week um, versus the Jets, we know he has that quad injury. But if something was to happen and Russell Wilson has a historical performance um, this week, then I think it could flip-flop. But um, as of right now, you have Lamar at one, Russell Wilson at two. You put Watson at three. I think Mahomes is at four. And I think you have to give um, Michael Thomas a lot of credit for what he's doing in New Orleans. 121 receptions this year. Four, over 1,400 yards, seven touchdowns. It's weird to put a wide receiver in the MVP race. And, you know, an excuse that people were making last year with Michael Thomas, and they said maybe he shouldn't get paid the money that he got, is that he has Drew Brees as his quarterback. But here we are this year. He's done a lot of work with Drew Brees, with Teddy Bridgewater. doesn't matter who's in there. He has been incredible. I think he's number five in the MVP race. Um, Aaron Rodgers. Kirk Cousins having a pretty um, impressive year for the Vikings. Um, Kirk Cousins only gets negative coverage. Whenever Kirk Cousins does something great, um, does well, he rarely gets any credit. I think Kirk Cousins has had a pretty good year. Christian McCaffrey, it's unfortunate that he's on a bad team. Uh, but if the Panthers were, you know, 8-6, eight 8-5 and six, eight and five right now, um, I think Christian McCaffrey would be up there um, as a top three MVP candidate. But um, that is where things stand 
in the MVP race. Um, and with three weeks left to go, it looks like it's going to be down to Lamar or Russell. Um, it's going to be a very exciting finish. That does it for this week's My Sports Update football podcast. The seventh episode is now in the books. I mentioned on last week's episode that I have some very big news to announce. That is going to be coming out very soon. Hopefully we'll have it for you on the next episode of the podcast. I also look forward to bringing back the question and answer segment. We haven't done that in a while. So look out for that tweet on the My Sports Update Twitter page. Earlier this week, I put out a link with a list of the 2020 free agents, and it just hit me that how fast things are going. I mean, it's already week 15, and we're soon going to be talking about free agency and franchise tags, and players are already declaring for the draft. So it's really getting close to that busy time of the year. Obviously, some football is left here in the season. We have to get take care of that. The playoffs, it's going to be really, really wild here as we are in December and get ready for some January football with the playoffs. Um, It's going to be really, really, really exciting. As always, before I sign off, one final reminder that you can find the My Sports Update football podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. I am your host, Ari Mayrov. I'll be back with a new episode next week. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy week 15 of the football season.